Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. And hello, welcome to this week's episode of The Flow Line. Matt, how are you doing this lovely day? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Well, football season's in full swing and baseball players are around the corner. So, you know, the, the mood in the air right now is pretty good, I must say. Yeah, lots of tension every week. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, lot of, uh, you know, I, I love the friendly competition. You know, right now, obviously LSU played last week, and you know, you've got all these these intense colleges just, uh, you know, fighting out the good fight with each other. And so, hearing you know amongst the office banter, it's funny to hear everyone's take on the games and just the, you know, the the friendly competition's fun. So I got to say, I'm excited about it. Um, for everybody out there, uh, just a quick reminder, we've got our tech tips, uh, just a brief explanation and some, some tips on some topics that we've covered, kind of abbreviated to give a good idea, uh, you know, and, and to, to dive a little bit into each topic. We put them on YouTube, so I encourage everyone, if you just type in AES Tech Tip into YouTube, you can find it. We've done one on ES so far and one on viscosity, and we plan on, you know, releasing these kind of every once in a while. Um, as we're able to do them and, and Matt's actually the brains behind the operation. So, you know, if you see him or talk to him, tell him he's doing a good job because they're actually really good. So, uh, anyway, Matt, is there anything else with the tech tips you'd like to tell everybody about? I mean, we just keep working away at them. You know, they're, they're a lot of work, uh, a lot of work, but we really think they help people. Um, and we've gotten some good feedback. We just hope, uh, we hope it's worth our time. So, uh, certainly we hope we also cover topics that are relevant and we- we think we do, but ultimately we hope to build up a body of just useful information. Yeah. Um, so keep a lookout for those. Follow the AES Drilling Fluids YouTube channel. And and uh, we don't know how consistently we can get them out there because we have day jobs. But um, <laughs> as we'll, we'll try and do them as, as reasonably frequently as we can and, and hopefully build up a rhythm eventually where you can expect one once a month maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, certainly if we could uh, make a living off making YouTube uh, videos and recording behind a microphone, we would. but. Right now, that's not quite paying the bills, but it's certainly helping, hey? Absolutely. Right on. Well, uh, Matt, in today's topic, uh, something that actually I experienced, you know, last week, uh, you know, with a customer is, a, is, a, is the word ballooning. Um, so, Matt, I think we should go ahead, describe it, debunk some of the myths. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of topics surrounding that and just conversation, you know, when, you know, you think you're losing and all of a sudden you get it back and, you know, some people term, you know, make uh, reference a term, you know, the wells breathing or ballooning. And so I think just talking a little bit about that and understanding more from a technical standpoint, what's happening downhole that way people don't, uh, you know, make any rash decisions on that. Cause it can, a lot of times that, you know, at least in my experiences, um, you know, folks out, uh, in the rig are quick to make decisions. And so sort of understanding what might be happening, um, you know, to be able to talk, to talk about, uh, you know, just, just, this, you know, what's happening with the volume and what you're seeing, I think is important. So I'd say, let's go ahead, uh, describe ballooning and, and some of the factors that contribute to what could be happening. Sure. So, I, you know, ballooning, I, I think it's kind of a, a pretty basic, simple explanation or phenomenon with, you know, somewhat terrifying results if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, by way of, 
you know, what happens is you're applying pressure while you're circulating in particular. We talk about equivalent circulating density, which is that extra pressure of a fluid circulating around. Um, and if you, if that's high enough, you could actually induce, um, some sort of deformation to the formation. It's up for debate. You can read the papers and people argue about it, but think of it this way. Think of perhaps I've induced some small fractures. They're not propagating, but the fluid is being injected into the formation a bit. And then I turn off the pumps. So that same pressure is no longer there. And now all of a sudden this fluid wants to flow back on me because I've taken the pressure that sort of pushed it into the formation um, and it hasn't propagated or pushed further out into the formation. It wants to come back. Um, and so the, the considerably scary thing about this is I'm static and there is fluid coming back, which if you know anything about well control, if I have hydrocarbons or uh, water flow or something coming back at me, um, that may imply I have a well control event and I'm risking a, taking a kick or, or a blowout, which is obviously all hands on deck, very, very serious. Right. Um, and the distinction is that the flow is actually going to slow down, right? As you relieve that pressure, the flow is going to slow down in rate. But if you don't know, you have to assume it's a well control event. There's right. no, if I have fluid coming back and I don't know what's going on, I've got to shut in the well and figure it out. And I could maybe bleed off some pressure and see if any more pressure comes up. Or um, if it continues to decline, then odds are it's probably a ballooning event. But you've really got to go back to someone who's certified in well control. They should be trained to identify this and make the distinction. But the assumption, until you know otherwise, is it isn't. And the, and the right. volumes can be considerable. Yeah. Um, I don't know about your ballooning event, but uh, I want to hear about it in a second. I was on one where we would lose like 300 barrels. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, this was offshore, but it was a nightmare. I was the guy working nights. So we'd be drilling and you'd write off 300 barrels to some kind of seepage loss situation that you weren't really sure about. And then you start coming out of the hole mm. and you've got all this mud coming back. And, you know, obviously everybody's monitoring everything. We know that it's, it's ballooning or breathing as you've described. Yeah. Um, we've already charged off that mud and then we just got it back. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it is a very frustrating and kind of nerve wracking situation both as a mud engineer even if you know it's just ballooning yeah and also just in general making sure you know that it is ballooning yeah no and it's interesting so i'll supplement you know what you're commenting on and and certainly it doesn't just happen offshore um it happens on land and again i experienced this last week we we're drilling along and you know the the offset well had an expected uh so we drilled it we had a, a td mud weight of i believe it was like a 13.5 and so we drilled out, you know, the offset well with the relatively the same weight. Well, so we started seeing gas. So naturally, you know, drilling along, waiting up. And we ended up actually almost getting a pound over that. And once we got past 14, you know, we started seeing what we thought was seepage losses. So, of course, we're, you know, as the whole conditions are dictating, we're trying to stop the losses. And, you know, we got them somewhat under control, but uh, we drill, you know, a few thousand feet. And then, you know, of course, we got to come out of the hole, make a bit trip. And uh, at that point, we had, we were, you know, some we had uh charged we hadn't really charged it off but we were accounting for those losses as seabridge losses well we come out of the hole and get back to bottom then all of a sudden wait we're you know we got almost the exact same amount of mud that we thought we'd lost like accumulatively uh we had gotten back and so you know in the ops calls each morning you know it was talking about you know how we we're going to control these losses and as we were waiting up we were seeing more losses well 
um, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, we got all the mud back. Hmm. Unfortunately, you know, we had, you know, spent a little bit of money on the LCM, but, um, you know, it ended up working out okay because we knew that we were getting that mud back. So we could credit that back, you know, just from a volume accounting perspective. And, um, you know, we actually, uh, realized that we didn't quite need the density we needed. So once we were able to reduce the density and keep drilling, um, you know, that ballooning effect didn't happen, but they, they, they certainly thought that because of the increase in density, we were just, we were continuously sleeping, but, um, it's, and, and it was interesting because once we realized we didn't quite need the density, uh, and, and that was a function of, um, you know, the operator switched out, uh, you know, their company man just by way of, uh, you know, their crew changed. Well, uh, the personnel that was on site, uh, you know, when we were able to reduce the density was because they knew the area. And mm. so, um, the original company representatives, you know, right away thought, Oh, we need to go up a mudway, go up a mudway because we we're seeing a little bit of gas. But then the gentleman who, who came back from days off said, no, no, we can get away with, um, being a lot less. So, um, it's, it's understanding the area and knowing what you can get away with, but certainly it's something, you know, we can, we, we see it on land quite a bit. And, and I've heard, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of, uh, not really believe in that, in the ballooning effect, but however you want, whatever term you want to use the, the fact of the matter is you can definitely squeeze some mud into the formation. And then once you reduce the, uh, equivalent circulating density, it'll give it back to you. So, uh, it's really just being super mindful of, you know, your straps and making sure you're accounting for your volume. And yeah, anytime you make a trip or even, you know, watch it on a connection when you turn the pumps off, if you're, if it's starting to flow on you, it may, it may not warrant putting more barrier in the mud. It may just be, oh, the mud, it's giving us some mud back that we thought we had lost. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think it's, it's that natural thing. You're drilling, you're used to losses, you, you try and treat for losses um, and, and you're really charging up the formation. Um, and it, it, and you're right. Like there are people who are skeptical of it. I've heard people claim, oh, we're ballooning when we were definitely not ballooning, you know, there, <laughs> yeah. there's all that kind of confusion too. And, and so, um, you know, the, the main thing is discipline identifying it, but you know, the weird thing is about engineer too, is my experience. And I'd love to hear anybody else in the audience you get pretty much exactly what you gave the well back. Yeah. Um, I mean, we would charge off 300 barrels in this nightmare scenario and we would get 300 barrels back. Like there was almost, and I think it kind of makes sense in as much as you're, this stuff's obviously going into a formation that's not very permeable. That's why it all flows back on you. Right. Um, and the other thing is the fluid properties weren't dramatically changed, uh, which would lead me to believe that it's like a, a shale or something where, you know, there wasn't any in-situ fluid to kind of compromise the mud properties. Right. But, um, but it, it's just kind of one of those things where um, it, it is really surreal how you get almost the exact same volume back, at least from my experience now. Mm -hmm. I've been wrong more than once today. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'd be interested if, if people see similar phenomenon because it sounds like you, you had the same thing. Yeah, ours wasn't quite that amount of volume. And mind you, I don't know if the whole size made a difference, but... Um either way it was like we ended up losing i think like 49 barrels and we got just you know like 42 back so i yeah. mean that's marginal difference but and i mean it's not 300 but uh it's still you know it's not cheap you know oil based mud is not cheap so you count for that and um yeah everyone was happy that they spent a little bit on lcm versus having to charge off some mud so yeah um but i mean i guess the question you know would be and it's probably something out there lingering is like how can you 
Is there anything like while you're drilling or anything that you can do to be able to identify whether this is happening or if you're actually taking losses? Because I think being able to stay ahead of it would obviously be important. I mean, is there anything that you can think of as a mud engineer that you can kind of be out, you know, on the lookout for? I mean, I think a lot of it goes down, it goes back to the rig, right? Um, so it is that, gee, we're static and we're flowing. Uh, normally that should draw some attention. Right. Um, and so not only that, okay, we shut in the well, bleed off a little bit of pressure. It doesn't build up. Okay. We're probably ballooning. Um, a lot of that's driven by local experience too, to, to the exact point of your story. Yeah. Um, where a mud engineer who's worked in that area has probably seen it before and, and gets comfortable. Um, you know, but once again, the, there's that threat of, is this a well control situation or not? And therefore the assumption is it's a well control situation until it's not. Right. Um, and so well control protocol goes into effect. Yeah. Um, unless the operator has some other, you know, inclinations otherwise based upon their comfort level and knowledge of the situation. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of almost like a positive feedback loop because mm-hmm. yeah, at first we started seeing just a little bit of flow on connections. And we'd wait up and we'd see more flow on connections. We'd wait up and see more flow on connections. And so that, you know, we just thought we were drilling more and more into some, some gas when, when in what was happening is we were actually causing it to go into formation. The higher mud weight would then increase, you know, the chance of fluid invading more. So yeah, it was, it was interesting and kind of a lessons learned. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's something to be aware of. Um, is there any, you know, major impacts on the fluid or the properties? I mean, can this uh, other than just volume accounting purposes, can it have any detrimental effects on the, on the fluid properties or? I, I guess this is one, like I said, it's, it's up for debate just because I, for the most part, I don't think these formations are actually interacting. It's, you know, some form of deformation of the formation. And so the fluid doesn't really change, it just kind of works its way in and works its way out. Um, and so I don't recall ever having to make any significant treatments whatsoever. although. Even when people talk about the theory of ballooning, there's arguments if some people are right in what they believe that this stuff could be entering, you know, a sandstone that happens to have fluid in it and therefore it could affect the mud properties based upon kind of like taking formation water or Mm -hmm. something along those lines. But me personally, I've never seen that. Right. Um, So, you know, the the other part of it is, um, you know, nailing down practices where if, if ballooning is a serious issue in your area or a serious concern. Um, kind of coming to terms with it, I, I think the irony to me is that, you know, a lot of the recommendations are we'll use a lower mud weight. Well, we'd always use a lower mud weight if we had the chance, right? Yeah. Um, you know, manage your ECD swing. Well, probably the main thing to do would be something like manage pressure drilling, right? Where your pumps on, pumps off sort of, sort of say the same. Um, although I would challenge anyone who thought that m- the cost of managed pressure drilling justified the management of a uh, a ballooning event um unless there was some other risk that wasn't properly captured right um but of course it is you know psychologically when i i hadn't been around it very often it's it's quite scary of course when all this fluid's coming back and you know the pumps are off you're like uh normally normally we should be panicking right now and everybody's like no no that's just ballooning I'm like you're sure yeah <laughs> um Always assume the worst, but go through your checks and balances, right? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, I mean, a lot of it is driven by, if the question is, how do we minimize ballooning? Well, minimize ECD. Mm. Um, but of course, going all the way back to your story, it's we see a little gas, we wait up. Or we see some losses, you know, we, we try and treat them. Um, we think we're doing all the right things, but 
um, you know, if we don't know it's happening, that could be a problem. So it, it, I think a lot of it could be driven by discipline as far as if, you, if you're in an area where it's higher risk, flow check periodically, you know, do some other things probably more often than you would yeah. just to see what's happening. And at least it can factor in on your mud weight decisions and whether you add LCM and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that also goes into the planning stages too, looking at your offset wells. And if you know your, you know, your mud weights, uh, you know, your, your offset mud weights obviously tell you a lot. And so, I mean, it is mother nature. You can drill a hundred feet, you know, left or right, and you can be facing completely different, uh, circumstances, but you know, looking at the pre-planning, uh, pre-planning is obviously very important. Looking at your offsets, looking at your TVDs and just kind of getting an idea of what your mud weight window should look like. And if for some reason it's out of wonk, you know, there's, there's always things that kind of paint a picture uh, on the wall before you actually get into those scenarios. And that's exactly what we, we actually face. And so, um, but anyway, kind of a short topic, Matt, I don't really have anything else or any other questions. Do you have anything else you want to shine some light on regarding ballooning? No, I don't think so. I think it just comes up often enough. It, it seems like a worthwhile conversation. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is pretty straightforward. <laughs> you, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do other than know how to react. Sure. Um, and hopefully, you know, a lot of areas where they have it, people are fairly comfortable with it. They know what to do. Um, but it always needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. Well, I challenge our listeners. If you got any cool stories out there regarding ballooning, Matt and I would love to hear about them. I really only have about one and hmm. Matt's got obviously a good significant one there. So, uh, yeah, for all the listeners out there, hit us up at flowlinepodcast at aesflues.com if you have any questions or if you simply just have a good story or want to shine some light on the topic. Anyways, that's it for now. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flowline. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.